Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, it is so good of you to join me today. Thanks for coming along to another episode of Girl Next Door. We are about to embark on a two-part little mini-series on revival. I want to talk about discerning revival because this whole revival thing that I've been seeing for quite a while now um, has really had me thinking quite a bit. And I've been wanting to do a couple of episodes or a, an episode on it, but I just, I hadn't felt to previously. As you know, I, um, I'm i quite prayerful about the topics that I pick. I'm usually pretty certain as soon as I record one episode, I'm pretty certain what I'm going to do on the next episode. It comes like, it, I'm really kind of blessed like that. I don't have to constantly um, try and think of things to talk about. They just seem to kind of land across my lap. And so revival is one that I've been wanting to do, but haven't felt the right time. And then of course, with everything that's happening on social media with the Asbury, uh, which I'll, I'll talk about in just a moment, it's come up uh, front and center of social media. And so I thought, okay, this is a good time to talk about it. So I'm going to break this into two episodes. Next week, I'll talk about the markers of revival. We need to define revival a little bit more. And I know that just from my own experience where, you know, people have come along and been asking me about Asbury and and it really got me thinking and i thought i myself probably struggle to define what's the difference between a revival and um a a move of god like a charismatic kind of meeting like what's the difference and so it really made me think and then ask you guys on social media as well and your responses were very interesting and i realized we probably have perhaps, unless you've gone to Bible college and studied some of the revivals in history, that we don't really know what are the markers of a true revival. Because we hear about it a lot, right? But it's like, it's hard to discern. But this week, so that's next week. Okay, we'll talk about that. But this week, I want to address some of the elephants in the room when it comes to discerning revival. So I'll get into that in a moment. But I just wanted to go back to why I decided to do that uh, talk on revival today, which is like I said, the Asbury, what's happening over in the Asbury University. So if you have not heard of this, you can jump on your social media and just have a look at the hashtag Asbury Revival or Asbury University, and you're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of posts and videos. So just to, uh, just to give you the headlines, The Asbury University is actually just a small theological college in Kentucky, and the roots of this college are Methodist. And interestingly, this school has actually been well known for having experienced several revivals since the early 1900s. So you can you can Google that too, like it's if you wanted to look into that a little bit more. And so. We've got this outbreak happening again right now, and it's all over social media 
and people are flying in from all around the place to witness it. And it's been on the news and I'll unpack it a little bit more in a moment, but can I just be honest here, guys, because that's why you come here, right? That's why you pop on Girl Next Door podcast. I will be really honest. When I first heard about this Asbury and people were sending it to me, it really bugged me at first because I went from a uniting church as a child to into the charismatic movement, um, which I'm so grateful for. Like I love the movement that we're a part of. Um, but I would hear the word revival so much. I've heard it my in my entire life. Um, growing up, we sang songs about revival. We heard preaching about it all the time. We prayed for revival. Um, we were told over and over again, revival's coming. And then, you know, we had American preachers come out and we definitely saw some incredible moves of God, right? Like I saw people really being touched by the Holy Spirit in a lot of meetings. And then of course there was the Brownsville revival and Toronto blessing. And of course, a lot of, um, things that we hear coming out of Bethel, uh, then kind of the revival, the word revival went kind of quiet until recently when I've been hearing stirrings of it again, um, particularly on social media. And look, to be honest, I was a little bit like, oh, here we go again. But let me let me explain this because to be honest, and I know that I'm not alone in this, I was a bit like, and please hear my heart, right? It is not because I do not love Jesus so much. I do. I want to see a revival. Like Cameron and I have worked with young people for decades. We talk in Youth Alive. In fact, I want to talk about that maybe at the end or maybe next week, um, Cameron and I really, we've actually, our whole mission in Youth Alive is to see a sustainable revival amongst young people. So my whole life is dedicated to this. But I think where my hesitation comes in is the pressure that comes with it, like the pressure to kind of go along with it and nod and smile and even though it's like, oh, I'm not really sure, is this kind of revival? And I guess maybe because we haven't defined it well, that we don't understand when it is happening in front of our eyes. Um, or is it just happening because someone says so? And so I guess I guess when I say that I was hesitant this time around, it was, it was partly the pressure, but it was also just par- partly, um, you know, confusion um, about the whole thing. And I, I do not ever want to be the person that, um, has unbelief when God is moving. Like I've been in moves of God that have been so incredible, but just to help you maybe understand where, uh, I think a lot of people, um, are coming from. Let me quote one of my girl next door listeners who messaged me. Um, and this is what this person said, uh, because they said the same thing, like, oh, I just even see this word revival and I've got an eye roll. And I'm like, well, why? And so this person said to me, well, it's because it's said all the time. And that's probably how I felt. It's like, I grew up hearing it all the time. And then this person goes on to say, and then one or two people give their hearts to the Lord in a service and everyone goes home the same as they came. And then this person continues, I would love revival to be defined. I see revival as the crazy speaking in tongues times of Acts where the spirit flowed through the people and everyone was changed from young to old. I'm not seeing that. 
I've been fired up waiting, but it feels like it's getting old. So I thought that person kind of articulated well what maybe some people are even seeing the Asbury stuff and it's like, I'm hopeful, but I've heard this so many times before and I'm not sure and I don't want to be that person that's like questioning it. And so that's why today I just wanted to talk about some of the the elephants in the room. I think a lot of us are asking the same questions like what is revival? Like really, what does it mean? What does true revival look like? So I've really dug personally quite deep on this one. I think we need to have a better understanding on what revival is so that we can discern true God-sent revival from other things that we perhaps tend to label as revival but are not. And then, like I said, I asked you guys on Insta and I could see that you guys were a little bit confused as well. And so I just wanted to share with you some of the things that you guys thought, some of your responses. I don't have time to read them all out, but I put up a post saying, what do you guys think true revival is? And this is what you said. Someone said surrendered hearts, Uh, people's hearts coming alive in Christ. Uh, a tangible move of the Holy Spirit. You can see it, feel it, and it's a different experience. Uh, someone else said, growing up, my only reference or memory was people in droves getting radically saved. That's probably my experience too. Um, someone else said, it's heaven being pulled down to earth and God moving. Um, someone said, I don't know, but is it sad that I cringe? No, it's not. It's okay. That's why we're here having the conversation. Uh, this person, a mass turning to God and worship. Uh, a mass amount of hearts turning to God over a region. Uh, someone said a word misused in a similar way to anointing. Uh, someone said unity. Someone else said large crowd, salvation, signs, wonders, miracles, sacrificial giving, and a Holy Spirit outpour. Uh, someone else said repentance, surrender, holiness, consecration. It needs to start in the church first. So, Lots of different kind of ideas and thoughts, but it still didn't, for me, nail, well, yeah, that's revival. I think all of those, everyone's suggestion touched on elements of revival, but I don't think anyone really encapsulated uh, what it is. So I rang a pastor friend of mine who took me under her wing when I was first teaching with her decades ago. And her and her husband have been pastors for decades and I trust them with all my heart. They're not actually in my movement um, either. And we had a really good chat on the phone. She really helped me to thrash through my thinking and my ideas. So when I say that we need to discern revival, I want to be clear about one thing. God actually doesn't need any human being's approval to start a revival anywhere that he wants and with whomever he wants, okay? So I just wanted to make that clear. And yes, I'm talking about discerning it, but at the end of the day, God's not like waiting for us to sit here and discern it and perceive it. Um, and, you know, he's not waiting for our approval. It, it is God's to decide where and when he wants to pour out his spirit. Um, but I've been increasingly seeing a lot of different people and places claiming that a revival is happening in their neck of the woods. And of course, there is what's happening right now in Asbury in Kentucky, where students over the last couple of weeks have been nonstop praying, worshiping, singing, calling out to God. Now, it started on the Feb 
the 8th. It's been going ever since. Um, I think there tends to be a bit of a thinner crowd in the morning, but it really is. It's not a huge hall. I don't know how many it seats. It's got two levels. Um, and there is, you know, no hype, no, no big band, no one big speaker. Um, people are traveling in there and lining up outside to try and get in. Um, apparently there's a statement now on their website that the last one is going to be Feb the 22nd. No, Feb the 19th, I think it was. Uh, maybe go and check that. It could change. I'm not sure. Um, but they're still going to then continue in the afternoon. So it wasn't quite clear. I didn't fully understand the statement that I read, but it seems like they definitely have got some wise people helping to guard and guide. Um, it actually started with an ordinary sermon. And then this young boy apparently got up unprompted and started confessing uh Thing, his sins, I think it was, to everyone. And that's when the, the meeting shifted and nobody left. Now, I've been in church for a long, long, long time. And I've been in the charismatic movement for a long, long time. And I've witnessed and been part of some very significant moves of God, out of which has been birthed some really significant leaders, churches, movements, and even like music and songs. And at the time, our church was always praying uh, for talking about and hungry for revival. And so I thought about, you know, was that a revival back then? Like what, what is it that makes the difference between a revival and a move of God? And so there were a couple of people that I really love and trust who actually went to this Asbury revival and they both came back with what I consider very wise views, although slightly differing, which I'm going to incorporate into what I'm talking about today. And it does seem that what's happening in Asbury is very legit, which is really exciting. And one thing is for sure, whenever we see people hungering after God and praying and truly worshiping, and when we see repenting and reverence and a true awe for God, it doesn't matter what the label is on it. It's a really, really good thing that should be encouraged. What I experienced in my young adult years in my church was absolutely incredible. And the long-term fruit of that has been absolutely incredible. So these were the couple of things that I wanted to address. I think I've got about four or five thoughts on it. Um, I am no expert on this subject, guys. I'm just trying to discern like everybody else. And these are the things kind of going through my mind that I thought might help you. And the first one is this, that asking questions is actually okay. We need checks and balances, all right? Some will happily believe what they see or are told, and that's fine. And others are going to be more skeptical or more curious, and that's okay too. Because when I look in the scripture, Jesus held space for both people in the New Testament, right? We see this through both Thomas and Peter. Like Thomas questioned everything. And then you've got Peter who could be delightfully gullible. And Jesus has time for them both. So telling people that it's wrong to question, that is an approach that I disagree with on so many levels. Telling people that if you question it, you know, you're that person, you're the wet blanket, you're the faith sucker of what God's doing in this generation. I don't agree with that because just because you ask questions, it doesn't make you cynical and it doesn't make you a faith stealer. As long as we are questioning with an open and genuine heart, 
I think that that is wisdom. We cannot and we must not shame people into saying, oh, this is a revival, and then pressure people to go along with that just because you or a leader or a pastor says so. God actually says in his word to test everything. I think 1 Thessalonians 5.21 has great wisdom. It says, examine all things and hold fast to what is good. I think that's the perfect anecdote of what we do when we hear about revival. It is not a bad thing to examine it and test it. But then that scripture goes on to say, find the good, hold fast to the good. So find the good and hold on to that. Now, we might not be able to fully ascertain if Asbury is a true revival, but we can look at all the good things that are happening, that is happening in that place uh, and um, in that well, really, I think it's also spilling out into other universities amongst um, students in, in America. So we can look at the good and we can hold to that and go, this is a good thing. The thing is, popular opinion is so powerful. Popular opinion can have people saying things that they don't really believe just to go along with the masses. And it's really uh, easy for people to to shame other people into saying that you believe something that you don't really believe. And just because this topic is a spiritual one, it doesn't mean that it's out of bounds for discussion and discernment. I mean, the last time I looked, the Christian masses were also totally on board with the celebrity culture within church world, right? Like you hop on social media, everyone was clapping, commenting, reposting, liking, following all the celebrity Christians. And suddenly now they're all off that train because those people one by one have been canceled. So excuse me for just a minute if I don't go along with what everyone else is saying. I never have and I never will. I knew years ago that there was a celebrity culture happening. Um, Cameron and I were saying it years ago before anyone else was really talking about it. And we probably didn't say too much, maybe out loud, but we were like, oh my gosh, I don't think that this is a good thing. This is not, I mean, young people need role models, but celebrity culture can be a very uh, harmful thing and we don't need it within Christian culture. Um, And so just because everyone is saying something doesn't mean it's true, but it also doesn't mean it's not true. So I've seen the word revival being bandied around thousands of times in my life. You know, was every claim really a revival? I don't think so. Was some? Well, maybe. So like I said, this old acquaintance of mine went to Asbury a few days ago for that reason. He wanted to try and ascertain for himself because again, he also has heard a lot of people talk about revival and it's it's hard to know. And so he's like, I wanted to go and see for myself. He was being discerning. He's putting in the checks and balances and we can't go by our emotions, right? God says to love him with our heart, with our soul, with our strength, but he also says to love him with our mind. We can't just go by everyone else's word of mouth. And so I I really appreciated that this acquaintance of, of ours actually went. And um, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But someone said to me a few days ago, Oh, I felt so bad when I was hearing about this because immediately I kind of felt critical or a little bit cynical and I had to repent of my um, my attitude. And I'm like, hang on, wait. No, if by cynical you mean asking questions, that's okay. Like It's okay to ask questions and to put checks and balances in with an open heart. So that's my first thought, okay? So if you've been asking questions, 
and you're trying to figure it out, that's perfectly okay. Second thing, I think we need to judge things by their fruit. And this has been really helpful in my life. My approach on discerning revival is the same as most things. It's the wait and see and ponder in my heart, right? One of my favorite scriptures is when the angel had appeared to Mary, telling her that she was going to be the mother of the savior of the world. She was going to give birth. And the scripture after that is that she went away and she pondered all of these things in her heart. God spoke to me a long time ago that I'm going to see a lot of things. And I'm not always going to understand things. And rather than shooting my mouth off really quickly, I'm just going to keep things hidden in my heart. And I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see and I'm going to ponder with an open heart. Okay, not with a cynical heart, not with a critical heart, with an open heart. And so that's what I've done. I'm waiting, I'm watching, and then, you know, we can celebrate the good that we can clearly see, but we can watch things by their fruit. Now, if the fruit at the moment is people on their knees before God, if the fruit is people repenting, praying, worshiping, and all the focus is on Jesus, that is good fruit. If this is a revival breaking out, the fruit is going to become evident because I think there is short-term fruit and there is long-term fruit. The Asbury revival seems to have a lot of short-term good fruit, right? Begins with this boy confessing. What's happening is student-led. No one person's being elevated. No, no stars or names in lights. No hype, no flashy production, no flashy anything. Nobody is conjuring up an atmosphere to stir up emotions. So, and that's what the, uh, that friend of ours, when he went to check it out, Uh, has said exactly that. So the short-term fruit seems, you know, a really good thing, but then there's also the long-term fruit and only time will tell. You know, when I was a young adult, we had God break out in a camp so powerfully, and there was a definite outpouring of the spirit of God. Some amazing things went on. And when we came back, this camp actually went on every night for six weeks, like every night. And I was exhausted by the end because I was teaching full time in the end. I remember thinking, God, this is great, but can you like stop this now? I'm so tired. Um, But, you know, was that a revival? I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word revival, but I would definitely say there was an awakening of the spirit. And looking back, the the long-term fruit that came from that was really incredible. Very significant things came from that time in the immediate and for decades after that. Um, the one thing that uh, that we didn't see was like, um, I, I, I wouldn't say I saw people repenting or salvation, so I don't know that I'd put it in the revival kind of basket, um, but there was definitely, you know, and it didn't spread out of, at the time, it didn't spread out of the four walls of our youth group, not in the immediate, but then the fruit that came from that later, like I said to you before, was absolutely incredible. People that were in that room are doing crazy things for God all around the world. So I think we can definitely look at the fruit. Uh, there was a revival years ago that happened in the UK where pubs had to be shut down and crime went down. And so that to me is like, well, that's really good fruit. So short-term fruit is obviously more easy to see, but the fruit of a revival long-term, that will only become evident in people's lives over time. So the other thing I wanted to say on this too is, guys, outward manifestation is not always the, it's not the indication of our holiness Okay, outward manifestations, God can definitely use them, 
but they're not the they're not the indicator of our sincere conversion, right? Or or our salvation. All right. Thirdly, do we always have to label what God is doing? Now I've mentioned this a couple of times. God is not contained by our need to label things. So maybe don't get too caught up on trying to work out or argue over, yes, this is revival or no, this is not revival. Maybe just, you know, let it happen. Let God be God. And the argument here or the thing we could get caught up in is being so consumed with trying to work out if it's revival or not. But we don't have to label everything. God is clearly up to something. So I think we just get busy seeking after him and let God do what he's doing over there and definitely pray that God awakens people um, in your own community and definitely in our nation. Now, I do love how the Asbury uh, Seminary themselves, they've hardly posted on social media, which I'll talk about in the moment, but they put up a statement uh, probably about a day or so ago. I'll read it to you in just a second. But I actually found it interesting that they themselves did not refer to what was happening as a revival. Okay, so here's the statement. We are experiencing an historic moment at Asbury University. Since our regularly scheduled chapel service on February 8, there have been countless expressions and demonstrations of radical humility, compassion, confession, consecration, and surrender unto God. We are witnessing what scripture describes as the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we enter the third week of this renewal movement, so that's what they called it, a renewal movement, our desire is to be faithful to our mission as a student-centric Christian university. Further, we believe that the continued flourishing of such a movement invites us to commission our Asbury community, visiting students, and other campus guests from across the world to neighbor-serving, God-honoring work. After much prayer and discussion with campus leadership, we have established a schedule for the upcoming week that is available on the university website. Now, when I read that, I go, number one, it's the only post that they've done, like kudos to them. And it seems to me like they are being so wise and that the young people have certainly got some people around them who are um, protecting them, which I think is a really good thing. So anyway, I thought that was interesting that they themselves didn't label it a revival. All right. My next thought on it, I think this is the fourth thought, uh, is um, beware people who want to own it. Um, See the posts where people want to make sure that revival is associated with them or their church. That that concerns me. Like when revival breaks out somewhere, everyone knows where it is. It's usually usually associated with a place. Um, And the thing I love about Asbury, we don't know a single person who's there. We don't know the name of a band. We don't know the name of anyone who's preached because it's not about that. It is about Jesus. Now, we can't judge the motives of people's hearts, but 
Like I said, revival usually is about a place, not a person, unless the only person, of course, is Jesus. So just beware if you see someone, one individual constantly trying to own revival. Um, And then my fifth thought is social media does make it tricky. There's upside and downside to social media when it comes to revival. Now, I love that Asbury will not allow streaming or social media in there. Now, I just saw an updated um, video that they just put out just a couple of hours ago where apparently their car park is at capacity. They can't fit anyone else in. So while they're not allowing people to stream from their cell phone, I mean, look, some people have taken sneaky videos and photos while they're not allowing that in there. Um, they are going to live stream parts of it themselves. But again, it's them controlling it so that it doesn't just become this spectacle. Now, the other thing that I found out, which really makes my heart happy, is there's a, a, a Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you know him. He's a massive news reporter um, in America. And he actually, they reached out to Asbury and asked if they could bring their news cameras in. And he's a Christian, by the way, Tucker Carlson, very conservative guy. He'd be completely on their side. Um, He wanted to do like a, a segment on it. And they very politely said, please, this is nothing personal. We really love you, Tucker Carlson, and we love what you do. We love the way that you report news. Um, But we actually would ask that you don't come. Um, We just want to protect the students. We don't want media or politics or anything to get involved here. It actually brings a tear to my eye. I was like, oh my gosh. And Tucker Carlson, you can hear he, uh, if you look him up on Instagram, you can hear him talk about it. He actually was like respected that so much. He was so happy. He goes, thank you for turning me away. And we need more of this right throughout the entire country. And guys, we need this throughout the entire world. So I'm really glad to hear that about um, Asbury. Um, Now, while social media can be great, there are drawbacks, right? Like we're seeing influencers going over. Um, And again, look, we can't judge their hearts But when people are posting it, I do wonder, is it kind of like, oh, look, I'll add that to my social media of important things I've done. It's the I've been to Asbury pick. And no doubt there would be mixed reasons why people are going. There are some who would be really genuine. There would be those who are merely curious and there would be those who get FOMO and who can't miss out and want to make it a moment about themselves. Um. But then social media can be good because we get to see and hear very quickly of an outpouring of God's spirit. Um, I do find it interesting, though, God does not need social media. We can use it to our advantage, but in past, revivals never needed advertising to spread it. And so I guess it makes it hard to know if it does spread, whether it's genuine or whether it's copycats trying to get famous on social media. So again, we can't judge, right? Which is why it's even more important for us to keep our eye on the fruit. And so far, what I'm seeing coming out of Asbury is good fruit. So like anything, social media makes it an option for anyone to jump on the bad bandwagon of the latest fad and to copy and to try and conjure up something. The thing is, true revival cannot be conjured up by man. It won't last if that is the case. But again, fruit over time will tell. If people are wanting an experience or attention or to get famous, uh, it won't bear lasting fruit. 
Now, the other thing that concerns me with social media is even before Asbury, I've seen uh, people or churches using the word revival almost like a marketing tool with maybe knowing that revival draws crowds. Um, Perhaps there's, you know, um, I don't know, underlying motives. Again, we can't judge, but I do get concerned that young people particularly are very impressionable and vulnerable and, um, and that maybe when people use it as it feels like it's a marketing tool that maybe they're trying to draw a crowd. I get very concerned when I see people posting themselves uh, when they talk about revival and there always seems to be a picture of them. Like, oh, revival, here's a pic of me preaching. Oh, revival, here's another picture of me praying for people. Oh, here's a picture of me laying under the power of God. Like, I... I err on the side of caution when I see that because young people are very impressionable and revival is not about a person. It's not about your experience of laying under the power of God. It's not about how many people you're praying for and who's falling down in the spirit or where you get to preach. It's about Jesus. And that's where I think Asbury is a really good example to us. Young people are very impressionable and vulnerable and can easily be led down the wrong path all for someone else's ego. And we need to protect people from that. And that's why it's okay for us. And I'll just go over those four thoughts again, if I can even find them. I've got it all written down because I had so much to say. Um, That's why it's completely okay for us to question, to ask questions, to try and discern, right? It's a good thing. Um, It's a good thing for us to judge things by their fruit. Remember, like I said, short-term and long-term. We need to um, not get caught up in labeling, all right? So just let God be God. We need to be careful of people who seem to want to own it. And then we need to be very discerning when it comes to social media. So they're my five thoughts on it today. Let me finish this episode with this. You do not have to be in Asbury to experience, experience the reviving power of the Holy Spirit, right? We always, guys, have access to the throne room of God. That's why Jesus came. We can access him at any time. We have access to his presence, his power, to the Holy Spirit, to his direction, to his love. We have full access to God's presence every moment of every day. And there is something unique and special that happens when there is a group of people, especially young people, I love it, seeking the face of God, praying, repenting, and not one person's being lifted up in this except Jesus. This is not something that can be conjured up. It cannot be made up by man, and it can only begin and be kept alight by the Spirit of God, and this is at His choosing. So they are my initial thoughts on this. Um, We've got another week before the next episode, so I'm going to hold off on recording that because I really want to keep tracking and seeing what's happening at Asbury. Uh, But next week, I want to unpack more uh, the the, the markers of what a revival is so that we can help to define it a little bit more so that we can discern with wisdom. So I hope that that has helped you guys today. Um, Share this episode. Let me know your thoughts. uh, And yeah, let's all keep ourselves praying and uh, hungering after God and looking 
not at what's happening out there, but let's look at what's happening in our own hearts. Guys, I love you so much. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for next week. We'll see you then. Bye.